are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse, short stories of occult, metaphysical, and fantastical horror that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. It's always an objective of mine to instill something unique and bizarre and freakish that you can't find anywhere else in any other story, so it's my mission to come up with things that you have never heard of or visualized or thought of before. That's what I like to do. Of course, I'm inspired from other things, so there's always going to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that ingrained in my stories. But at the core, I have to strive to bring you something unique. And I think I do that well with this story. I'm looking forward to dominating your mind with what is in it. And so... I shall deliver it to you now. This is episode 107 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled The Celestial Mover. The roll-down door of my storage unit hit the ground with a thud. I slid the bolt, inserted the cylinder lock, twisted, and pulled out the key. On the other side, ten by fifteen feet of junk, not quite insignificant enough to give away, but not nearly practical enough to have around, lay gratifyingly stowed away out of my sight and, more importantly, out of my mind. I walked with one of the loner flatbed dollies down a walkway towards the elevator. Soothing wave music softly played over the sound system. Long, empty halls, dozens of secured storage units, a diverse assortment of different colored and styled locks, and eerie quietude. Like the tucked-away corners of an expansive library, this personal storage facility evoked a dense air of wonder. The down button for the elevator lit up with a bright orange light as I pressed it. The doors opened immediately the elevator having remained on the third floor without use. I pushed the dolly inside and hit the ground floor button, followed by the closed doors button. Speakers in the elevator carried over the melodies that lulled the facility's innards. As I was exiting the elevator, a frazzled young woman entered the building and gasped positively at my sight. Her hair was an autumn red, and her face held a smattering of freckles. She wore jeans and a dark pink, slim-fitting tank top. Oh, hello, she said while her eyes widened. I didn't think I was going to find anyone else around. 
Do you think you could spare a couple minutes to help me lift my couch onto a dolly and then put it in my unit? I'm so sorry to trouble you. I just don't know what else I'm going to do. My dad helped me load it and now I realize I'm stuck. I thought maybe there would be an employee here to help me, but the office is closed. Sure, I guess I can help you out, I said, walking towards her with the flatbed dolly. Oh, thank you so much, she said. My truck is right out the door here. I followed the young woman into the dusk that now held domain over the sky. A little red pickup truck was crookedly parked before us. The tailgate had already been dropped down where, amongst an array of other possessions, the couch had been dragged forward haphazardly. I rolled the dolly beside the lip of the tailgate and helped the young woman finagle the piece of furniture down onto it. The other items in the truck bed shuffled around as the sofa's mass was fully removed. There were some plastic storage bins, a lamp, a trash can, and two duffel bags. I theorized that the young woman was a college student who had finished school and needed a place to put the belongings she had in her dorm room. This somewhat rationalized the lack of bed and dresser. We re-entered the storage building, and I was guided to a back corner of the first floor. Here it is, the young woman said while pulling out the key for the unit's lock. She unhitched the padlock and began to pull the door up, but it jammed on something a foot and a half off the ground. Ah, it stuck on something. I got it, I said. I lowered myself down onto my stomach, lay flat, turned my head sideways and scooted myself head first beneath the jammed door. I was almost fully inside when the pattering of multiple sets of little feet scurried towards me. My eyes did not have time to adjust to the darkness, and so I was unable to see. As soon as the steps reached my location, a heavy object crashed down on my head. Consciousness returned to me as I was being placed upon an obscure arrangement of summoning circles on the floor of the storage unit. Black sheets hung to confine the area I was within, and apart from a minimally lit, battery-powered lantern in the corner of the space, there was no light. A fanatical panic burst inside me, and I lashed out with all of my might to free myself from my captor, but my strength was no match for the suppressor, who, to my awareness, melded with the darkness and could not be seen. I then strained to scream out, but my voice, too, was locked away by some uncanny power. The imperceptible imprisoner stretched my body so that different portions landed within certain circle boundaries. My torso and head were placed together in the largest of the circles. My limbs, arms, and legs were in a set of four circles. My feet, at the ankles, were in two more circles. And my fingers were sprawled outward and segregated into the circles of the smallest circumferences. All of these segments of my body were held in place as if individual, invisible clamps fastened them. The smell of sulfur overwhelmed and strangled my already labored breaths. The air was thick and hot, and a metallic taste coated my mouth. My eyes stung and teared up, 
The pungent other made it hard to focus on the fast-approaching doom that would certainly be even more ill-fated. From deeper in the darkness, behind one of the draperies, came a glow. The glow then shone as a line, and soon the line revealed itself to be a heated sword as it passed between the hanging sheets. Then she who wielded the sword took form the young, red-headed woman in a long, crimson robe. She walked up to my feet and towered over me in clear visibility. A large, bulbous amulet that looked like a wicked planet hung forward from around her neck. Then she spoke. See you separated by autonomy. See you hellions I make of thee. See your fear that's in front of me, tingled in your soul and bones. Change your name, change your mass, change the place that you call home. Magna Rith, Magna Rith, Magna Rith, Magna Rith, Magna Rith, Magna Rith, Magna Rith. The insidious redhead lowered the burning sword towards me closer and closer to my throat. My heart pounded and my blood went cold as my essence, with every piece of its presence corporeal and incorporeal, fought to escape from the nefarious ensnarement. As the tip of the sword was about to pierce my flesh, the call of my body to flee was accepted by supernatural wrongness, by an impossible granting. Like a lizard discarding its tail, my body shed those appendages segregated by the dreadful summoning circles. My fingers came free from my hands, that came free from my arms, that came free from my torso. My feet came free from my legs, that came free from my waist. There was no blood, there was no resistance, there was no pain. Without a voice, my shrieks were inward. It was the greatest despair I had and would ever know. The feeling was so distressing and disturbing that my soul wept and begged that I would simply no longer exist. In my paramount anguish, I found that I was no longer anchored and was free to move with what body I had left. I squirmed violently, more so as a chaotic distraction against my mental woes than to escape. Regardless, the autumn witch drove her sword through my left shoulder straight into the floor, tethering my torso within its summoning circle. She then spoke again. See you beasts that harness limb, see you monsters that come then, see your master spread her grin, expanding your world and its cosmic sight, change your form, change your will, change the spirit of your flesh, Temboth, 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 Temboth. My extremities animated and twisted into abhorrent mutations of independent life, vehicles of occult infestation. My fingers, hands, arms, legs, and feet curled and sprouted jagged legs, arms, and perverse faces. They birthed spiky protrusions and gnarly combinations of scales, hair, and slime. 
As they transformed, a countless amount of similar monstrosities came from behind the black sheets, surrounded my enlivened appendages and me, and cheered on their fellow brethren with sickly pops and grunts. A birthday for the gods, the autumn witch proclaimed. There were enough oddities on the surveillance records to alert staff of an incident in the impressionable storage unit. So I was found before I would have died, stranded alone in dark emptiness without arms and legs. I could have been discovered much sooner had I used my voice. It was released, but I chose not to yell out. I found no need, for I could not condemn the autumn witch despite the memories of my terrible afflictions. A sense of privilege and honor overwhelmed my heart in being such a crucial component of such a momentous occasion. For those days leading up to my retrieval, all I could do was bask silently in a ceaseless celebration and joy of the gods' triumphs and of what a purposeful life I would now have. I was told my mental faculties had been affected by a traumatic event and that I was not thinking clearly. I told them that I had been a vessel of divinity and that I had never been more whole. That concludes the 107th episode of The Dark Verse. You can listen to and or download the past episodes at thedarkverse.com, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and now also on Stitcher and on TuneIn and a few other sources so the dark verse is at your fingertips wherever you desire to behold it also if you'd like to give some monetary support to the podcast that is it is for you to listen to you can do that at patreon.com slash the dark verse that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the dark verse and that is that all stories on the Dark Verse are the sole property of Shark Child and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without his written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.